1: Welcome to episode 101 of the Derek Diamond Experience podcast. Thank you so much for making this podcast part of your day. And coming up on today's show, you'll be hearing my really fun conversation with my friends Jason Robbins and Wally Phelps, two fellow podcasters and now filmmakers. They are the co host of the Pop Culture Palette podcast, and you can find new episodes of that every Saturday night at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. But the thing we primarily discussed was this really fun project that they got to do. They got to make a short film that they co-wrote called Monsters Anonymous. It's about classic movie monsters who realize that they're no longer scary in today's modern world. And one of the cool things about this movie is not only did they get to make it, but it was directed by star of Mallrats, Mr. Jeremy London and Jason has been taking acting classes with Jeremy for a pretty good while now, and Jason and Wally wrote the script, they gave it to Jeremy, and he loved it and said that he wanted to direct it. That in itself is really cool, but just hearing the whole process of how the movie was made from its initial concept to a couple of weeks ago when they actually filmed it, it was just a really cool story, and to me it's just a great example of proving that you can do anything that you set your mind to. But it was really great getting to talk with them, uh, just finding out this whole process, because a lot of the stuff I didn't even know. And, of course, talking about the podcast, how they started it, and even how they initially met, because I didn't even know that. This was actually a really enlightening conversation. I learned a lot about both of them that I didn't know before. So hopefully you guys enjoy this interview. I know I had a lot of fun doing it. It It's one of the more fun interviews that I got to do. It's just three guys just kicking back and talking about podcasting and talking about movies. So hopefully you guys enjoy it. But first, let me tell you about my close friends, the Unicorn Wranglers, the local indie rock band based out of Pensacola, Florida, the Unicorn Wranglers. The Unicorn Wranglers are a very big part of this show because they supply the music that you hear at the beginning and the end of each episode. Just for example, the song you heard is Twin Peaks, and it's from their album Murder Mystery Night, which you can find that and their EP Atomics on iTunes and Spotify. You can also follow them on social media. They're on Facebook, and they're on Twitter and Instagram at Wranglers. And finally, be sure to visit their website, theunicornwranglers.com. And without further ado, here is my conversation with Jason and Wally. Sitting here with my two very special guests this week, fellow podcasters, now filmmakers, and two guys that I like to call friends. I am here with Jason Robbins and Wally Phelps from Pop Culture Palette slash Monsters Anonymous. Guys, how you doing tonight? Fantastic. Same. <laughs> hey,
2: this is my third appearance on the Derek Diamond Experience. I should be uh, considered a, a full time co host at this point.
1: You should. It should be the Derek Diamond slash Jason Robbins experience.
2: I know. Where's my check? Give me some of that <laughs> sweet, sweet Nerd Cave money.
1: <laughs> I'm still waiting for it to get to us. <laughs> Once it gets to us, then we'll talk. Sweet. So I, I wanted to start off by asking you guys first off you guys recently filmed your movie. Have you guys recovered from it yet? What movie? Uh, that, that movie uh, at the place about the thing? Oh, yeah, that one.
2: Um, actually, no, we are not recovered from it yet. We uh, we took last week off from the show because, honestly, I was too damn tired to do one. <laughs>
0: yeah, all three of us the uh, um, on the pop culture palette were like, you know what? If we miss another week, I'm not going to lose any sleep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes it's good to just take a week off and recharge the batteries i mean we do that every now and then we'll release like you know an, a best of show or we'll do one of my old interviews i'll just put the nerd cave intro at the beginning and end and we'll just take the week off so sometimes just recharging the batteries is good
2: yeah i was planning on actually maybe going back into the archives the uh the broke nerdcast archives and actually uh <laughs> Maybe pulling out an old show or something and slapping it on the feed, but I was like,
1: that's too much work. (laughs) (laughs) Now, something that I've been curious about, because I don't think I've actually asked you guys this yet, because I want to start from like the very beginning of this whole Monsters Anonymous thing. How did you guys actually meet each other?
2: Oh, wow. Oh, that was like, what, in what, like 2000, 1999, (sighs) somewhere around there?
0: Something like that. I had just gotten out of high school, and uh, I was working for a pizza place. Um, can I say the name now that you don't work there anymore?
2: <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I mean, but we're putting them in the credits of the movie because they did uh, uh,
0: provide pizza
2: provide pizza for us. Which
0: that's r- that's true. Uh, uh, we uh, we were working at a place called Sicily's. Jason had been there for a. a, a Going on a decade, that's not true. No. And, uh, <laughs> I, had, I had been there for a few years, and, uh, he came to, um, our store in, um, I guess Biloxi. Uh, not really. Where was it? Like Ocean Springs, kind of, the Iroville area. And, uh, he, he was working in the Biloxi one, and I just heard, hey, there's this guy named Jason that's coming. Um, So, uh, just do what he says.
2: (laughs) So I like it when people say that before I get it somewhere.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So he showed up and, uh, he was, you know, he had been, been there a while and, uh, I had been there a while at that point too, but he had been there for a, for a much longer amount of time. And so we just kind of started talking to each other and we had similar interests
2: yeah, we found out we were both movie geeks, so we would we would literally stay at work for like hours after we closed just talking about movies and how much we wanted to like be filmmakers and stuff like that and we uh, that I, you know, met my hetero life mate at that time and yeah. we've been <laughs> writing together ever since.
0: Yeah, I mean everything that um uh, we've written since then has been informed somehow by jason you know there's always a character in everything i write from then on that is jason
2: <laughs> i think that's pretty much how we write at this point we write ourselves into everything
1: well most directors do that anyway so nothing wrong with that so i guess now i can call you guys the jay and silent bob of the nerd cave network <laughs>
0: Oh my god! I've I've been told I look like Kevin Smith on many occasions. Whenever I had my hair, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have it anymore. But if I wear a backwards cap, uh, you know that was always the the kind of the parallel that people would would give me. All
1: you need is a hockey jersey,
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> and a hot wife. Yeah, exactly. I'm taking Applications.
2: Yeah, I, I'm <laughs> lacking the long blonde locks, though. That's what I need.
1: We'll just say you're the Jay who got tired of his hair and just shaved it. Yeah, I like, that. nice. like that. Something like that. Now, how long did you guys know each other before you started doing uh, the Broke Nerdcast? Because I know you guys did that long before Pop Culture Palette came to be.
2: Well, oh, wow. that, that really started a long time ago with a message board that we used to go on all the time. And we talked about this on, on the pop culture palette before Uh, it's called the dark quarter. Mm -hmm. And it was basically, I mean, it was uh, listen, kids back before Twitter and Facebook, (laughs) there were things called message boards and you would go on these message boards and talk about movies or pop culture. And you would find, uh, you know, like minded souls out there that you would, talk about all this cool stuff with and it kind of spawned from that honestly
0: yeah because what it was there was ai don't know if you're familiar with the website dark horizons uh run by a guy named garth in australia he had a message board that blew so i created the the dark half of the dark half which is what he called his message board and from there it, we just it was like an entertainment Geeks Haven. We had uh, we had fan fiction about ourselves. We had <laughs> uh, games that we played. We had heated discussions. And w- whenever we stopped using that site uh, because of social media, basically Facebook, MySpace, that kind of I, MySpace first, of course, uh, Facebook. We we stopped doing it, and we got kind of the itch and. Jason had kept on saying, "Hey, we should do a podcast. Just record the shit we talk about with each other." Um, and I'm sorry, I said a curse word. Oh, it's um, okay. But uh, we we need to record the things that we talk about all the time, and uh, that's where the Broke Nerdcast came from.
1: You guys saying message boards just takes me back because I remember. Uh, do you guys remember the website SuperHeroHype.com?
2: Oh yeah, oh, absolutely. I still have it on my uh, favorites <laughs> list.
1: I used to go to their forum every day after high school, and I would always oh. look up updates on like the Spider-Man movie. Uh, <laughs> Batman Begins had just started, you know, production around the time that I was finishing high school. So yeah, I mean, people that are like in high school now or even like early college, they don't know what message boards are. And like, what makes me feel really old is when they say they don't know what MySpace is. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I'm just like, uh, you guys, you guys haven't lived. But um, well,
2: the way I look at it is this: is message boards were just social media before, you know, our parents got a hold of it.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was social media in its infancy. Yeah, is what it was. But I, I still miss forums to an extent, just because you could go through and you would read, you know, other people's posts, their opinions, and you'd either agree or you'd want to call them the dumbest person that's ever walked the face of the earth. <laughs> Which I was tempted to do several times, but Net never, never did. Um, how long did you guys do the Broke Nerdcast? Uh, we went like what seventy-four episodes before we stopped.
0: Yeah, something like that. It, it was a, uh, it was relatively short.
2: But it really took us about two years of doing it to get to that number because we were very irregular.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, life gets in the way sometimes. Yeah, I, well, I know how I just, that
2: is. I had started doing the the Pop Culture Palette with Steve about halfway through the run. And then other people wanted me to do podcasts, too. So I was doing like three or four shows a week. Yeah. And it got to the point where a lot of stuff had to give. And really, I just wanted to boil everything down to one show. And that's why I brought Wally into the Pop Culture Palette. And then we brought in Stephanie. Eventually, and I think it's better for it.
0: I mean, a lot of the reason why um, Broke Nerdcast went away is because I became – my technology basically all died on me at the same time. And me being a broke nerd didn't have the money to replace it. <laughs> so um literally I want to say it was like 5 months went by where we didn't do a show because I didn't have a computer to record with.
2: Well, we and did them sporadically because we would do yeah. them you know in the same room.
0: Yeah, I would go to your place and yeah. the really it boiled down to we we had a hiatus that was very extended and when we came back we had 14 downloads.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> and we were like all right, we're done. So when you
1: say you lost all of your technology, you lost like your computer and everything.
0: Yeah, like like my computer, what was it that all died at the same time? It was my computer, my phone, my Xbox, my TV went out on me. <laughs> um like everything within a week just died. That sounds <laughs> it, terrible. It was. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. It was it was it was like um I had to run and um, I had to save money. I did a GoFundMe account to try to get me a computer. And uh finally um <laughs> Jason's mom gave me the computer I'm using now. Yes. <laughs> and uh so I've been using this computer ever since.
1: I can't imagine like all that stuff breaking within a week. I would want to kill myself. It, it was a very dark time <laughs> in my life. Well it's just <laughs> if you think about like people's dependability on computers. Like I can't imagine what I would do if my computer just died. Or yeah. any of my sound equipment died or my PlayStation died. I don't know yeah. what I would do for entertainment.
0: I'd have to actually socialize with people. It's uh, that's basically what happened. I mean, I I read a lot of books in that time frame. I just want to want to say that the uh Sammy Hagar autobiography is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I remember a time when I had when uh, this was
2: around the time of the original Xbox. Uh, it was in my apartment, actually the the building right next to you, Wally, because you live in the <laughs> old apartment complex I used to live in. Uh, whoever built the apartment complex, uh, the the electrician put the wires in wrong for the building. So I came home one day and there was a, a power surge going through the building. I lost everything. I lost my Xbox, two TVs, two VCRs. Uh, I think my roommate lost his PS2. Um, I lost pretty I much everything. Happening. Yeah, everything that plugs into a wall got fried. You know what? Oh,
0: this man. makes a lot more sense now.
2: Yeah, and and every single light bulb in the apartment blew.
0: Hmm.
2: That That also is probably why i got to buy
0: light bulbs so frequently. Yeah, probably.
2: (laughs) I would get out of that place if I were you.
0: Lord, I want to.
1: (laughs) (laughs) you got to love electricians who don't know what they're doing. No, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Now, switching over to uh, the pop culture palette, uh, Jason, how did that show get started? That
2: started because we had Steve on the Broke Nerdcast a few times uh, as a guest, and Steve we, we really struck up a friendship after that and he wanted to do a podcast himself. And, uh, well, I mean, we just started talking about it and we just, we started doing it and it it was pretty irregular at the beginning too. You know, we would just pretty much do a show whenever we felt like it. So there'd be, sometimes we'd do four shows in a month. Sometimes there would be one just depended. And, uh, that's kind of why I brought, Wally in after Steve had left to go to Europe the, for his first trip, uh, his first Euro tour like uh, a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and um, to help kind of fill the gaps. And that, that's when we started to really get on a regular schedule and started to build our audience at that point, because that that's the only bit of advice I could give anybody that ever wants to do a podcast is if you want to start building an audience, you have to do it every week.
1: And that's something that, you know, when me and Zach started the Nerd Cave, that was one of the things that I said from the beginning. I'm like, I don't want to do just four or five shows and then, you know, move on and do something else. It's got to be every week. And for the most part, we've been able to do that. And that's something that we get complimented on is that all of our stuff is consistent. Like people know that the Nerd Cave comes out every Tuesday. My show comes out every Thursday. And you guys come out on Saturdays, so that that's something that you know consistency is very key when it comes to to doing the podcast. And it's kind of cool because I remember uh, meeting Steve at the first Pensacon, and I think you guys had just started doing the show
2: mm-hmm.
1: around that time, and it, you guys were on like episode four or five. And I've been listening to it ever since. You guys are almost at show 100.
2: Yeah, I think we just did what, 91 or 92?
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, 91. We're getting there. (laughs) Yeah, getting close. And then through that, you know, I met you guys, and I haven't stopped pestering you since.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, after this week, we're going to get back on a regular schedule because making a movie is is quite exhausting.
1: I can imagine so. And let's move on to uh, Monsters Anonymous. When did you guys come up with the idea of what eventually became the movie? Like, how long ago was that?
2: Uh, when was that, Wally? Like September, October?
0: No, yeah, it was September.
2: Yeah, um, I had been taking acting classes from Jeremy for almost a year now, uh, ever since last summer, and um, he had gone off in September to, for about, how long was he gone, about a month?
0: Yeah, it was a while.
2: Yeah, he was gone. He was. He was. He left to, to go to L.A. to f- make a movie, and uh, everybody that took the class, you know, we still kind of got together to hang out every week just to kind of, you know, still see each other or whatnot. And uh, a couple of people, we got together one night for class um, at Chili's in Gulfport, and started talking about what if we did a short film. That we could just do kind of as a class project together, and uh, maybe submit it to film festivals. And I, I had had this idea of the kind of the bare bones concept of Monsters Anonymous. You know, I, it had been rattling around my head for a few years, but I never really had a reason to write it. You know, because I always kind of wondered, like, wh- what would this even be? Would it be like a TV show or a, mo- a, a full-length movie, a full length? Like, what is it? Because all I had was just the basic concept in my head of just these old school classic monsters aren't scary anymore. And what would that be like for them if they were in the real world, like today's world? So I went home. Well, I I told everybody that that was there that night. I said, look, I have an idea if you guys want to let me write something. And they were like, yeah, go ahead and uh, we'll see what happens. And um, I went home that night and I wrote a couple of pages let it sit for a day or two. I came back and wrote a couple more pages and that's when I got a hold of Wally because I I really, I kind of got the idea of the story down, but I I didn't really know where I wanted to go with it. So I sent it to Wally and I was like, look, please do your magic to this. And that's when he took it. And like what, two days later you had it completely not, not really the first draft. (laughs) Yeah. The first draft of it kind of, Took what I wrote and really expanded it, changed uh, changed a lot of it by add, you know adding more jokes into it and everything. Because I, you know, the first version of it was a little bit mean in some parts. Uh, it wasn't as it wasn't coming out as funny as I wanted it to. But some of the jokes I did have, Wally really expounded on it. Like there's a, let's just say there's a bodily function scene that Wally really expanded out. That's going to work great.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I want to see this, so let's write it.
2: (laughs) And I'm glad you did, too.
1: (laughs) I can only imagine what that is. (laughs)
0: Uh, If you look through the the behind-the-scenes pictures that are all over the internet, you'll see a part of it.
2: (laughs) But we've never really talked about it too much, Wally. What did you think of it when I first sent it to you?
0: Yeah, I mean, whenever you sent it to me, I mean, first off you told me what it was and it was a um you said, "Look, I'm going to send this to you. Please tell me what you think because I had helped you with something else before." And um you well, and you read pretty much everything I've ever written and, you know, I um uh, so I got it and I was I really, I really loved what you were doing as far as what, uh, you know, here are these classic movie monsters and they're in the space that everyone knows, you know, as far as we have an idea of what it looks like. And, and it's just such an everyday thing that they're going through. And you had kind of the personalities there, but I was like, but everyone is so dang angry at one another <laughs> <laughs> that
2: was the thing like my my kind of first run at the script everybody was so angry and just mean and, and i wanted it to be a little more lighthearted.
0: right yeah I, and so that that's really the first thing i did i went in and um i went in and i i, I started making clearly defined character traits so this one's going to be the mean one, <laughs> you know, and this one's going to be just fed up with the situation. This one's going to be real sweet and polite. This one's going to be kind of goofy, <laughs> you know, that, that, that kind of, of, of thing. So, so really it all boils down to what are these characters? Why are they here? What do they need by the end of this film? And that's what I was thinking while I wrote this and just basically thought to myself, how would a conversation like this go? And I got to throw in a bunch of jokes that I had written for movie reviews that I had written um, for specific movies that you'll know whenever you see the film. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh I, you know, stand-up things that just never made it into anything that I was able to to make into anything. So, um, because context is king, so right. in this context, I was able to just like, okay, here's a whole ton of jokes with these characters in the situation, and, I, and then I sent him the, the I sent him the script. Actually, I, I was sending you screenshots of it, yeah, <laughs> while I was writing it like I am proud of this joke, <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, at the end of it he he sends me a message that says I've emailed it to everyone. I'm like, that's the first draft are you out of your mind? <laughs> <laughs> he was well, excited the thing was I mean we had um
2: what like two or three separate endings for it because I had no idea how
0: to end it well and I mean, not not initially. Initially, we had the. Originally, it ended on on uh, a scene that's still in the movie, um, and it and it just kind of petered off. Yeah. We, you know, just kind of ended, and uh, whenever we had the first kind of sit down with it, because we had uh we sat down like a week after I finished it, uh, on one of those Tuesdays, and. Everybody was read through it, they liked it, but you know they're, they all had the same question: What does this ending mean? <laughs> you know Can we do something else? So they they started throwing ideas out. Jason started throwing ideas out, so I went home and wrote like a thousand endings <laughs> <laughs> See, that was
2: the thing. Before Jeremy got a hold of it, we had actually did a table read with everybody from my acting class. And um, I kind of had an idea in my head because I, I didn't think Jeremy would you know want to do this thing with us for free you know right like, He's got more more better things to do than yeah. to make some goofy little movie about monsters with us so um, <laughs> I was gonna have you know just a class do it and we were just gonna do it really cheaply like maybe a couple yeah. thousand dollars yeah but it's uh, funny
0: because. Jason was like, uh, so uh, do you want to direct this thing? And I'm like, yeah, sure. <laughs> so so I was I didn't know what that meant.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now, what happened when Jeremy got involved when he saw the script? Like, what was his initial reaction to it? Um, well, well, like I said, he
2: had gone off to California to film, make a movie. So, you know, we so for the first couple of weeks, that you know, the first week he was gone was when we wrote it. And then the second week is when we showed it to everybody and we had a table read. So I went ahead and after that table read is when I sent it to him to to read and let us know what he thought. And usually me and Jeremy talk almost every day or at least text each other every day. And after I sent it to him, I didn't hear from him for like a week and a half. And I was starting to get worried. I was like, uh maybe he thinks it sucks or he doesn't know how to tell me that it's horrible and then one day i was at work and my phone rings and i get a text message from him that said uh hey i read the script did you and wally really write this i said yeah and he said dude this is the funniest fucking thing i've ever read in my life and i was like are are, are you serious and he was like yeah i really want to do something with this and i i said um well, I was going to ask you if you wanted to maybe help us produce it since you've got some, you know, so many years experience, you could kind of point us in the right direction and help us do this and that. And he said, produce it. Hell, I want to direct it. And that's when my jaw hit the floor. Wow. I was like, holy crap. It, 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 this is really going to happen. And I, I was like, yeah, you know, more power to you if you want to direct it great and, but and he came back and he said i'm not crazy about the ending though and i was like yeah we kind of have a few different endings for it and he said do you mind if i take a pass at it and uh maybe i'll send you what i come up with and see what you guys think about it and we got it back a couple days later with the ending that we have now and me and wally both loved it and we were off and running at that point
0: yeah i mean it it, it was it was funny. Uh, Jason calls me up and he goes, "Jeremy just got back to me about the screenplay, and I'm thinking doom and gloom because it's been forever." And I'm like, "Oh, really? What did he think?" And he's like, "He wants to, um, he wants to help us make it." I'm like what? Yeah, he loved it. He and he told me the story as it was, and he said, "There's only one thing. Do you mind if he directs it instead?" <laughs> like, <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, it, it was it was it was interesting. Yeah, he 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 gave us the ending, and it was so weird because um, here I am. Uh, you know, I, I, to be honest, Marat's is the reason why I started writing movies, it, it, and I'm not even just saying that because I know Jeremy now. It, it literally is. You can ask anyone, <laughs> and whenever. I went to Jeremy's place to discuss the ending and what, what he wanted to do with it. It was all I could do to go, yeah, this is real. This is, this is really happening. (laughs) The, the guy who starred in the movie that made you want to start writing is wanting to direct this thing that whatever it is, (laughs) you know, it was, uh, it was insane. Yeah. Life works in
1: crazy ways sometimes. I mean, I I even thought the same thing, you know, when he even did my podcast a couple of months ago. I'm like, I'm talking to a guy, just having a casual conversation with a guy who was a main character in a movie I grew up loving. Yeah. But, you know, you you think about it before and after the fact, and I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but it's like, during it, it's just like you're talking to another person, and then when it's over, you're like, holy shit, that just happened.
2: Well, I mean, I I hate to jump ahead, because I still want to get to this point, but when we got to jeremy's house the day before we started filming and you know me and wally are there and i'm sitting in jeremy london's living room and all the actors are around in a circle and jason london is there pink from dazed and confused Mm -hmm. and brian o'halloran is sitting to my right and we're all reading this script and i just it just hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm like,
0: how did I get here? Yeah. How did this happen? It, 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 I had, I had a moment, I had a moment where I'm, I'm standing. I had just eaten this amazing Greek food that was provided to us by, uh, the wonderful Jackie Siegel, who is, uh, you know, somebody who is like royalty in Orlando and, I'm standing here having a beer with one of the people, kind of a cheerleader for the, for the, for an NBA team, <laughs> <laughs> and having a, a, just a conversation with the guy who played Dante in Clerks, and I'm standing in Jeremy London's kitchen, and I'm sitting there going, what is happening? <laughs> I didn't think about it until after I left. I'm driving down the road. What just happened? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's crazy how life works, guys. It's it very is. very and it
2: all came about because of podcasting.
1: That's true. Because I remember you guys had Jeremy London on the pop culture palette, like, what, a year or two ago?
2: Oh, it was more than that.
1: Something
0: no, it was like a that. year ago. It was a year ago, because my time hop told me. Um, well, we <laughs> had him on twice. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, that's right. You guys had him on before I was on the show. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah, a year ago was when I met him.
1: Yeah, because I remember you guys getting an interview with him. Was that right around the time that he moved here or moved to this Uh, area?
2: The the first time we had him on was right before he moved here, and the second time he was on was right when he moved here.
1: Yeah. Right, because I remember you guys did that one – in person.
2: Yeah, we did that one. at three alarm comics.
1: Yeah, because I remember seeing little video clips.
2: Yeah, the uh, audio on that. Oh, show, yeah, the audio on that episode is awful, but it still it worked.
1: Yeah, I mean that that happens sometimes. Um, I wanted to talk to you guys about the Kickstarter because Kickstarter and crowdfunding is really big with you know movies, art projects, really any type of entertainment venue. Uh, whose idea was it to do the kickstarter and how did you guys feel when you met your goal um
2: I think I was the one that threw out the idea to uh, to do the kickstarter from you know when jeremy found out about it because we had to have money to make the movie yeah um and I, everybody we kind of weighed the pros and cons and we did a um a conference with a a, a crowdfunding um Guru, kind of. I have to look up her name. I can't remember her name right off the bat. But um, she did like an hour long conference with me and Jason Edwards, one of the producers on Monsters Anonymous, and um, she gave us a lot of great information about crowd about the, the pros and cons of you know IndieGoGo and Kickstarter and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I, everybody kind of wanted to go with the IndieGoGo route because you get what you make, but I feel like that's kind of dangerous, yeah, because, man. you know, if you make if you only make like, there's no way this movie could have been made for less than what we made. No. I mean, <laughs> and that was paying very, that was pulling in favors to get this movie made. The for the amount of money that we paid to to make this movie was a ton of favors from people, and um, if if we had gone the route of Indiegogo and let's say we only made a thousand dollars, then we would have had to make the movie for a thousand dollars because then we have to produce something for the people that paid. Right. And with Kickstarter, yeah, it's all or nothing, but at least, you know, when you make it, you have what you need to make the product. So that's why we went with Kickstarter. Yeah. And plus there, it's a, it's a, there's a lot better tools to keep track of everything when you're doing Kickstarter. Also, um, and let me tell you, <laughs> trying to keep track of stuff and and uh, getting all this stuff ready to be shipped out to people is a daunting task. I can't imagine how like these Kickstarter's that do millions of dollars, how they handle it. <laughs> I wouldn't know what to yeah. do at that point.
0: You'd have to hire people cause, yeah, I mean, you know. I, I know I had problems just signing the things I had to sign. You have to actually send them to people.
1: Yeah. Now, the whole thing is is really cool because I remember when you guys launched it. You know, just launching it and then when you guys met your goal, I was just, like, really excited for you guys because I knew how much work you guys put into it with the script and getting everything ready because, like, I've worked on some, you know, video shoots, nothing to the scale that you guys did, but I can only imagine the prep that it took to get, like, locations – uh actors extras, the crew it's a really big process like how ha- how how much of it was just like a learning experience for oh, you guys
2: every bit of yeah. it. I mean uh, the, there's no way this movie I mean when you see the credits for this movie, you're gonna see like six seven eight people listed as producers yeah and, and that's the only way this thing got made as fast as it did. Because from the second that the Kickstarter closed, Jeremy said, all right, we're going to shoot April 10th, 11th, and 12th, get it done before then. And we had less than a month or a little over a month to get this whole thing ready to be shot. Yeah. So at that point, it was like you know, everybody scattering in, in 15 different directions to try to get everything you know, prepared to get this thing done. There's no way that one person could have done it. There's just no way we had yeah. to have everybody doing their part
0: every single person in that list had things that i can demonstrably pull out saying okay i know this person did this 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 and this and this and this and this so i mean whenever you see the producer name it, it it's going to be because they did something it, you know a lot of people there there's a kind of a joke where they're like what does a producer even do well a lot yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> and uh the i i'm very thankful for everyone on that list.
1: Now, how did you guys feel when you guys met your goal for the Kickstarter?
2: Uh, It was like a giant weight lifted off the shoulders.
0: (laughs) I didn't even have, honestly, initially it was extremely freeing because it's terrifying whenever you're getting that close and you haven't hit it yet. And, one thing that really um hit me, we were doing a meet-and-greet, Um, and it was a huge storm the night we were doing it. And we were going to use that meet-and-greet to kind of push our way over the, the amount that we need, and not many people were able to make it out. And I noticed that people were removing funds from the Kickstarter, and I was like, okay, I hope that doesn't continue because – if we don't have that by 10 you know it's we don't get anything and it's just the next morning i woke up and saw that everything was okay and i was like okay okay we got this <laughs> it was huge well i've heard stories that
1: when you do like a crowdfunding type thing your biggest days are like the first two or three and the last two or three and there's always that lull period yeah. In between, yeah. I knew you guys were really close to it. I think like two days before it ended, but I, I just had a feeling that you know you guys would meet it, and that it was going to be fantastic. And I, you guys filmed the movie in early April. You guys had mentioned the tenth, eleventh, and twelfth, but you guys had to do it in two, right? Didn't you guys lose a day?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> we were going to uh, film it on Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday night. But then um, just the way things fell, we were going to have to do it in two nights because we couldn't afford the third night Yeah. as far as crew goes. We would have had to pay the entire crew for an extra night, and we just didn't have the money.
0: The crew right. and makeup. Because yeah. it, makeup is ridiculously expensive. I mean, when I heard what the budget was for makeup, it was yeah, I'm like, isn't that like, I don't know. A lot more than what I thought it was going to be.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it was about a third of our budget.
0: Holy crap. Yeah. But when you look at it, every bit of that money is on screen.
1: Yeah. That's true. That is very true. Now, when you guys got to the day of shooting, the first day of shooting, how crazy were those two days? (sighs) At this
2: point, it's a blur, honestly.
0: Well, I mean... I got there kind of, well, okay, um, all the principal actors had to start getting their makeup and everything um, way before we started actually doing anything. So I got there at almost exactly the time we were supposed to start filming, and, you know, everybody just kind of slowly meandered there. So at first it was kind of chill, you know, everybody's like kind of the calm before the storm. Because as soon as the production crew got there, as soon as the director got there, we were go, 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 go. It was like – it was a very well-oiled machine. Everyone had a job and did it very well. And it's it was – and the thing is a lot of the people that were making this movie, this is the first time they've ever been on a set. But we worked together so well it is shocking frankly how how well everyone was able to feed off of each other and and run off of each other's energy and you know this was a shoot that was 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. so we were all night and if we did anything wrong we wouldn't have made it because <laughs> we yeah. were shooting up to the last minute really like, I mean, little... the final um, little shot they did—the sun was coming out literally about ten minutes after that they shot that. Wow! So you guys literally used every
1: bit of time you had.
2: Yeah, and um, that was thanks to Artie Glacken, who did our um, our scheduling. Who, um, as far as the the shot list and all that kind of stuff, I mean, it was we were. Scheduled within an inch of our life those two nights and um, he actually was filming a behind the scenes documentary the entire time so that's going to be something that's going to be shown with the movie whenever we premiere it
1: oh sweet, I love behind the scenes documentaries it's those can be, be just as entertaining as the movie sometimes
0: I heard that I'm opening the, the movie um, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you how <laughs> <laughs> but, from what I understand, I'm opening the the, the behind-the-scenes documentary. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, it's, oh,
2: it's... yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry if you guys hear heavy panting and grunting. That's not me. That's my old-ass dog on the futon behind me in my office.
1: Oh, that's, <laughs> it's all good. If I had my dog, she would be doing the exact same thing. Except she'd probably be sitting in my lap going... <sighs>
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah my dog is old and grunty at this point <laughs> the time she moves, she's like, Aah.
1: oh, I trust me, I understand my dog snores louder than most humans. I know <laughs> so yeah, I totally understand. uh, I know you guys would probably have a ton of these, but we'll limit each of you to one one funny onset story that happened. oh Lord,
2: oh uh, I think the funniest one was when Wally uh <laughs> was filming his scene and uh and did a Pete Rose <laughs> when his legs locked up and we all thought he was dead for about 5
1: <laughs>
0: seconds what happened um
2: I'll uh, let you tell him what happened
0: all right um okay uh there's a scene where I'm running away and uh I'm not the only one running away there's a bunch of people running away And after a few takes of us running away, uh, Jeremy comes over to me and says, hey, Wally, you're going to hate me, but I want you to do this. Run over that way, stop, and then run the other way. Like, okay. So we get into our positions. Action. I run toward the tree, like I am supposed to. Stop. And then run toward uh, the other side so I can run off camera. Now, as I'm running... I feel like ants are crawling up my legs because I can feel that I'm getting a cramp in both of them. And finally, my bad knee locks up on me. And after watching the footage, now this is what I was talking about earlier. So that after watching the footage, it looks like a sniper took me out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was just, I was standing at <laughs> one moment running and then boom, right on the ground. And the way Brian O'Halloran describes it <laughs> <laughs> is, is that he heard a loud boom, looked up. <laughs> Jason London is giggling uncontrollably. While Je- uh, Jeremy is going, oh, Wally, that was funny. Wait, did he do that on purpose? <laughs> did he do that on purpose? And then as soon as I, I stood up, grabbed my glasses and ran off in character. And he goes, I think he did that on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> and then when they yelled cut, he comes running. Did you do that on purpose? No. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I, I talked about it on our last show because w- my vantage point where I was sitting, I was sitting kind of um, a little bit behind Jeremy. But from where Wally was running, there's uh, in the courtyard of this place where we were filming, there's this huge like rock sculpture with and on top of it is uh, the big flagpole. And it sits in the middle of like this fountain thing. So I'm seeing Wally run to the left and he stops, does his little double take, and then runs back towards the other way. And I, I see him go behind the rock, and then he never emerged. And all I hear is Jeremy going, oh, my God, did he do that on purpose? He he didn't do that on purpose, did he? Oh, my God, he didn't do that on purpose. And then everybody was just, like, jumping up, going running to Wiley. Like, are you okay? Are you okay?
1: Wow. <laughs>
0: I was like, yes, could you please get me a water?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I went and got you a water. Did it look good on camera? Oh, it looked great. (laughs) Oh, fantastic. That's the important thing. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: That's... And honestly, everybody, and the thing is, Jeremy keeps apologizing to me every time he mentions it, because he's excited that we got that. <laughs> but <laughs> at the same time, he's like, I'm so sorry, man, for having to say this over. And I'm like, I don't care. It's funny. <laughs> I'm <Yeah>. good. <laughs> <laughs> if it looks
1: good, that's all that matters.
0: I and think it's temporary. Film is forever. Exactly. I think the other
2: uh, funniest moment on set involved Dan Levy, who played Frankenstein. Oh my god. In the movie. I don't want to say what he did, but there's definitely going to be an outtake yeah. uh, from one of his scenes where instead of uh grunting like he was supposed to, he actually screamed a line that he ad-libbed, and it was pandemonium on the set for at least two <laughs> minutes of people just hitting the floor laughing.
1: I can only imagine the outtakes that you guys have.
2: Oh, it's gonna be beautiful! I can't wait to see all the outtakes.
1: Now, do you guys are you guys gonna do like a premiere for the movie?
2: Yes, but we're not sure exactly where it's gonna be. We want to do it at the Mary C, but we also want to do it on a bigger screen, like in a bigger theater. So I'm not exactly sure where we're gonna do it
0: just yet. Yeah,
1: I got you. We'll we'll definitely have to keep the listeners updated on that. I've
0: heard rumors of multiple premieres so just listen and we might be near you regardless as to where you live (laughs) perfect is there one
1: piece of advice that you guys could give to yourselves like if you could go back in time and talk with yourselves as you're starting this process what advice would you give
0: um Make the movie at 3:30 p.m. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that was that was our running joke on the on the set. Damn it Wally, the next time you write a movie, make sure it's 3:30 in the afternoon all the time. <laughs> yes, yeah, so,
2: uh, we had a whole running joke the entire time. We're going to call the movie 3:30 p.m. and it only takes place o- on March 30th at 3:30. <laughs> <laughs> Because we're never doing another night shoot ever again.
1: <laughs> every movie is in the afternoon from now yes. on. Yes,
2: 3.30 in the
1: afternoon, every movie.
0: Also, if if you can, make the set downstairs. Yes.
1: <laughs> I can imagine carrying equipment had to have been a pain. <laughs>
0: Well, not even that. It's just, you know, every time I had to go to the bathroom I had to run downstairs or, or you know, honestly on that zombie wrangling day <laughs> I had to I had to run downstairs, tell everybody to shut up and go back upstairs. Go back downstairs, make sure nobody goes outside during a certain scene, run back upstairs, run back downstairs and do that. I'm like, you know what? I'm getting sick of this.
2: <laughs> and luckily they had an elevator.
0: They did, but I couldn't use it because of the noise it made.
2: (laughs) Well, Brian O'Halloran and I were going downstairs for something at one point. This was like on the second night. And I start to go down the stairs, and he just stands there waiting on the elevator. And he's like, I'm not going down those stairs again.
0: I was (laughs) like, yeah, my leg's
2: kind of hurt. And he's like, welcome to over 30.
0: <laughs> you know, and the thing is, is that you know I y'all could do that because he was indispensable. He was in every scene. <laughs> Nearly every shot. Yeah, pretty much. I can imagine
1: though you guys if you guys keep track of your steps, you guys probably had a lot during oh those my two God, days. Yes.
0: I had like 14,000 the the second day and I didn't have my phone with me the whole time. So I didn't have like the entire time I'm filming my my scenes, I didn't have my phone with me because I knew that something could go wrong. Right. Thankfully I didn't have it with me when I took that spill. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> uh so you know, the, all of that running was didn't even count.
1: <laughs> yeah. We'll we'll give you over 20,000 to to compensate for it. (laughs) Well, I know
2: I walked like 6.7 miles the first night and then over seven the second night, so uh, however many steps that
1: is. (laughs) That's insane. Now, uh, do you guys have any uh, social media for the movie that you'd like to plug?
2: We do have the Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash helpthemonsters. Um, We haven't really posted too much the past Couple of weeks because we're still in the editing stages and all that kind of stuff. But um, we will crank it back up once we get closer to the uh, the premiere date.
0: I'm pretty and, sure we'll uh, have a trailer sometime in the near future.
2: Yeah, and uh, we also have our Twitter at at therapy underscore monster.
1: Perfect. Now, are you guys working on uh, on any other type of script? Because I know you you guys have like mentioned it on. PCP I believe.
0: Mhm. Well, um right now um I think we're both working on something. Um now, uh, you go ahead and go first. Um well, we've been um
2: kind of trying to figure out where we're going to go next for because we are putting monsters anonymous in uh film festivals and stuff and you know we're kind of make a making preparations for the future of what we're going to do with it um because we are going to pitch it to some different places so we're kind of we've been throwing ideas the last couple of weeks over um what exactly we want to do with it so i started writing something else but it was uh, a little too big because my thing was I wanted to make like an Avengers style um, action movie <laughs> with the the classic monsters, but I don't think they're going to give me a hundred million dollars to make that movie. Right. So um, we're gonna scale it back and do a little more, <laughs> a little more reasonable. Well,
0: um, <clears throat> what what I've been working on is something that. I've been working on off and on for quite a while. It's uh, the the pitch is um, Ghostbusters, but instead of ghosts, they're hunting zombies, <laughs> and um, so that's what the idea is it's a comedy it's going to be character based and uh, it's um it's essentially you know the zombie apocalypse is happening but there's not really much of an apocalypse they're more of an annoyance and uh here's a team of guys that go out take care of the zombies and then um and that, that's what their job is
1: so the zombies are more like a minor
0: inconvenience yeah they're like they're like um Zombie exterminators. You know, the, you hear scratching up in your attic. It could be a raccoon, but hey, might be a zombie.
1: Yeah, you never know. And if it's a zombie, who you going to call? Zombie exterminators.
0: <laughs> yep. And uh, there's a little bit an, of a nod to mm-hmm. the story. If, if you guys look closely in Monsters Anonymous, it's actually mentioned somewhere on screen. Kind of a Easter egg, similar to what Pixar does. You know, nice. how they hide yeah. stuff that's
2: what uh, Jeremy kind of complimented us on too was all the different easter eggs we hid throughout the movie
1: oh, th- yeah. those are some of the best things to find our little hidden references like if, uh... one that i oh go ahead
0: oh no i was going to say there's one that i really wish we could have done it was uh you know the hang in there kid where where it has the um cat on the laundry line hanging on mm-hmm. and uh my idea was uh to have gizmo instead hanging over a bucket of water <laughs> and uh that that's the one i regret that we didn't do but i think we couldn't yeah
2: <laughs> i was going to make that in photoshop but i was like you know what i don't think we can use this character
1: <laughs> it might be frowned upon um, do you guys have anything else uh that you'd like to plug? I know Wally you do uh you do stand-up uh every week, right?
0: Yeah, I normally do it tonight. And <laughs> uh the um every every Monday at the Juke Joint I do um a little bit of stand-up. It's an open mic, so anybody can come and tell jokes on stage. If you have uh, material that you've written and you want to try it out on people, come to the Juke Joint on in Ocean Springs on Government Street. It starts at around nine, and you will get a free drink—not an expensive one. Get get like a you know Pabst Blue Ribbon or something. I don't care. And uh, the uh, neck on the ninth. Uh, the guy who started Landmass Comedy, which is the comedy troupe that, well, the comedy uh, group that I'm a part of, he's actually coming back from Austin, and he's going to have a big show on the ninth at the Juke Joint. So I'm going to be there. I'm going to be telling some jokes. Uh, I'm going to have my best of out there. So uh, if you want to hear some uh, jokes, uh, they're not particularly good ones, uh, but you can hear them, and uh, I will be there. Awesome. Uh,
1: Do you guys have any uh, social media you'd like to plug for uh, Pop Culture Palette or yourselves?
2: Yes. (laughs)
1: yeah excellent
2: um you can follow us on twitter at pcp show on facebook it's facebook.com slash pop culture palette and our website is pcpradio.com and there you can listen to all the back episodes um and our current episodes come out out in podcast form saturday nights at 7 p.m central but we record it live on Thursday nights uh, at 7.30 Central if you want to check it out live. Um, and we have the link there on the page. You can just go to the live live page and click the link. It takes you to twitch.tv slash Steffi Lou Who. And, and, that's, uh, I, and that's I'll add
1: that in the episode description for this as well.
2: And one thing before we go, I just want to praise everyone that had anything to do with bringing the movie to life. I mean, all the producers you know, Mike Anglin and Jason Edwards, Darnell uh, Sheffield. um, And, oh, my God, uh, I can't even think of everybody at this point. Wally, (laughs) you know,
0: Um, there's so many people that were that were involved. I mean, there's I can't even think. I mean, of course, Jeremy and Jason London Um, and Juliet uh, London,
2: too. I mean, she was she helped out with so many different things and she made a great I don't want to say who her character is because that's a surprise. But uh, yeah. she and, did an epic job yeah. on her character. And she helped us out with making this into a SAG production also. And, um, yeah, I mean, just well, everybody did a fantastic job.
0: And I just want to, of course, again, the, um, J- Jacqueline Siegel, who was our executive producer, um, it would not have happened without her.
1: Yeah. Awesome, well, thank you guys very much for uh, coming on the show. It's always fun talking to you.
2: Thank you for having me again, and this yes. time I got to bring my hetero life mate, Wallace. Yeah,
0: exactly. I know this is the first interview I've ever had. Um, really, <laughs> the thing is, is that you're not the one. You're not the one that was supposed to be the first one because I was asked a while ago, and I had computer issues. <laughs>
1: So through technology issues, I was your first interview.
0: Exactly. That's awesome. Although I'm honored. (laughs) This is one of my favorite interview shows.
1: Awesome. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Thank you, Derek. My thanks again to Jason and Wally for that really fun conversation. Be sure to follow Pop Culture Palette on social media and check out the podcast every week on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Next week, we'll be discussing another inspiring story with two locals. I'll be talking with Ryan and Jennifer Eaton, who are quitting their jobs, and they're going to visit all the national parks in the United States. You heard me correctly. They are going to drop everything, and they are going to visit every national park in America. I think that's awesome, and that's something that I think anybody should do. That, to me, is what life should be, is just exploring and learning everything and I'm really excited to discuss that with them like how they came up with this idea some of the places they're going to because I'm not really up on the national parks so it's going to be a very fun and very educational conversation next week with Ryan and Jennifer but until then you can check out past episodes of this show on iTunes and Stitcher Radio just search for the Derek Diamond Experience and be sure to leave a five-star review You can also follow me on social media. I'm on Facebook. I'm also on Twitter at DDE underscore podcast. And you can follow me personally at Derek underscore Diamond. And that's all I've got. So enjoy the rest of your week. Have a safe and fun weekend. Thank you for tuning in to another amazing episode of the Derek Diamond Experience. I am your host, Derek Diamond. And we'll see you guys back here next Thursday.